So quiet up. And listen down. Nope. Scratch that. Reverse it. Listen Listen now to to My Week with Wonka. Say my name. Willy Wonka. What? Hello, good listeners and people. This is My Week with Wonka. I'm Carlin, resident chocolate expert and chocolate lover. And I'm Eric, resident chocolate denier and chocolate hater. What? Don't tell me you hate chocolate, Eric. Ever, ever since I was a little kid, uh, I've always hated chocolate. Um, so I'm, I'm here to balance out the pro-chocolate agenda to, uh, you know, prevent any sorts of biases and subjectivity, uh, you know, and, and refute the accusations that this podcast is in the pocket of big chocolate. Yeah, no, big anything's really bad. I just think th- th- there's a really great moment in this lovely movie where someone tells Willie he hasn't eaten chocolate before and they're like and he, that he's immediately like what sorry about wow. that that that's, bar went all the way to the top of the screen that's there. pretty bad yeah anyway this is a podcast uh where we myself and eric here watched the hit 2023 movie um directed by uh paul king of the paddington franchise the paddington director guy uh we watch wonka every day for one week and see what happens to our minds and but also our appreciation for the wonka art form and as you can see we're already starting off in a great space uh mind wise so it can only go up from here yeah so you're probably thinking dear listener why would you want to watch Wonka, let alone really any movie, one day, seven days in a row? But, you know, personally, um, I'm a big Wonka fan. You know, I, I think Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is one of my favorite movies. I even, in the eighth grade, I um, played the role of Willy Wonka. And, you know, um, probably doing this podcast because I'm mad that I um, was unable to take the the call for, you know, when um, uh, Mr. King, Mr. Paul, he, he told me... Uh, Hey, Carlin, you want to do this? And I'm like, actually, I'm a little busy. So he's like, okay, I'll do my other yeah. resident white. T- Timmy was the backup. Timmy was the backup. But he's like, okay, I got another white skinny guy to um, do this. So he's like, okay, yeah. And I was like, okay, whatever. I was a little sad by it. What about you, Eric? Um, well, no, I was not asked to audition for Wonka. Oh, um, oh yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry. No. Like, what What do you – what's your history with Wonka? Um, well, Carlin, uh, gonna take that again. Well, Carlin, thank you so much for asking. Um, there are only three movies ever in my life that, uh, I got so scared at and cried so much during that, uh, uh, I either had to leave the theater or, uh, the movie had to be turned off. Um, those three movies are The Polar Express, which, I mean, we've all been there. Mm -hmm. It's scary as hell. Those kids are creepy and fucked up to look at. Um, The Shaggy Dog. Uh, with Tim Allen because I got scared of what would happen if I got turned into a dog. Uh, and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory in the scene where they're like going in the tunnel. Oh yeah. And it's all like freaky. The fa- and, yeah, the famous. yeah, the famous, the famous tunnel scene. So that's that. And then I never saw like the goth pervert uh, Tim Burton Willy Wonka movie. Eric, let me ask you this because I don't think I've really seen a movie in such capacity. Have you ever seen a movie? multiple days in a row for like i guess more than three days more than two days really um 
the only time that I can think of seeing a movie even two days in a row was just this past weekend when I saw The Boy and the Heron two days in a row because I saw uh, the Japanese language version last Friday night, uh, and then I saw the English dub um, on Saturday. And, well, I I wouldn't go so far as to say this movie is no The Boy and the Heron. I don't want to get into quality assessment Mm, yet. Of course. But it is certainly a different movie than The Boy and the Heron. Um, there aren't really herons in this. There right. are flamingos, right? Though. And really, no bird crap of any variety in oh. this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's debatable. That's we, true. We will look into that later. We don't see the crap. It's possible there's a crap cut, like how there was the butthole cut for cats. Um. Yeah. The, <laughs> I can't wait. Um. Re- release the crap cut is what I'm saying. Yeah, so this is a uh, um, hopefully an informative experience, experience, experiment, and experience to help anyone, um, you know, who potentially wants to see this movie or really wants to see any art form in a longer form like this to really appreciate the longevity of something of the sort. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I I totally. <laughs> I think a, a a big disclaimer uh, I should say is you know. We'll probably be, I don't know how much we'll get to in this first episode, but we're going to be really picking apart all the little details of Wonka. So if you want to go into this hit 2023 movie, blank slate, you don't know anything, uh, you know, nothing spoiled, you know, maybe check this out. But, you know, if you if you don't care about that kind of stuff, you know, maybe you think if, if you think our opinions of, you know, chocolate lovers and chocolate haters will sway you one way or the other, then please stick around. So, Eric, what what is Wonka? Well, uh, Wonka is sort of a musical fantasia documenting the uh, sort of coming of age of how Willie became Wonka. That's the tagline of the movie, how Willie became Wonka. Uh, the answer, it turns out, is it's his surname. It's just the last name that he's had his entire life. So they closed the book on that one pretty early. Yeah. Um, but... The movie is sort of about, you know, uh, introducing us to all those lovable characters and and chocolates and musical motifs that you remember, love and remember from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. You've got uh, Willy Wonka, you've got the Oompa Loompas, you've got, uh, you know, they play Pure Imagination and all sorts of other delightful characters, both from the uh, sort of Willy Wonka extended universe and also characters original to this movie. Mm -hmm. Now, Eric, can I ask you a quick question about? You said this is a musical, and I I saw the Wonka trailer so many times, and I don't know if I heard songs. What's what's that about? Well, uh, Carlin, Hollywood executives, in their infinite oh. wisdom, have decided that people hate musicals, and they've also decided that apparently people love being tricked. Mm. Um, so rather than advertise that it's a musical, which people hate. Uh, they've decided to pretend that it's not a musical so that people will go in and get surprised by the fact that it's a musical, which will definitely go over much better for them. Um, so this this movie is full of all sorts of new original songs in addition to the uh, you know the classics, Pure Imagination, Oompa Loompa. Um, we've got all these new songs like uh, Sweet Tooth. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know any of the names of like, songs. A, like a world of our own or something. I think I there were some... Scrub, scrub. Scrub, scrub. That, scrub, that scrub, was, scrub. That was one. Scrub, scrub. Yes. 
is the name of a song. That's also just the lyrics in the song. They yeah. say scrub scrub a lot. So so Eric, you are a chocolate hater, but are you a hater musical? Are are sorry, I'm... <laughs> a hater is that like a musical about Bill Hader? Oh yeah. No, are you a musical hater? Um, I would say that I am a musical agnostic. Mm, um, mm. A- as with many things, my opinion on musicals is that uh, if they are good, I like them, and if they are bad, I do not. Um, what what <laughs> defines a good musical or a bad musical? No, there you're right. There are there are so many um. There, there, there. Some musicals, I'm like, yeah. Some musicals are like, uh. Some musicals are like, boo. No one, no one wants that kind of musical. Anyway, but do we think Wonka like really succeeded as a musical? Do you think it had to be a musical? Well, are we are we sort of jumping ahead of ourselves here? Do we want to? We haven't even really said what we think sure. of the movie sure. so right. as a whole. Uh, you know, yeah. we should maybe maybe should course, discuss that course. before we get into You're the right. specifics of it. Let's, let's do that. Um, so here, here's here's the thing, folks. I'll let you in behind the curtain a little bit. Um, when Carlin first came to me with this project, this idea of doing my week with Wonka, I was intrigued. I was even excited, but I won't lie, I was also a little scared. Um, you know, I was worried that this might be. Uh, a, a bad movie, a bad movie in a fun way, a way that's fun to talk about, but mm-hmm. still a bad movie. And I'd be spending cumulatively 14 hours of my wow. short life on God's green earth, watching and talking about this movie. Yeah. Um, but the worst case scenario was what if the movie's just bad in a boring way, mm. and then we don't have anything to talk about. We've yeah. committed ourselves to this project. But sitting there watching the movie, I had a realization that, I don't know. It could go either way. This could make things better for this project or it could make things worse. Is, is this like a good movie? Like, there's, is this movie actually good? Because I was sitting there and I thought, this movie's kind of actually good. I don't know. Hey, you know, they advertised this as Wonka prequel and guy who made Paddington. And I haven't seen Paddington. Have you seen Paddington? Um, I have not seen either of the Paddington movies. I have seen the uh the Nicolas Cage movie from last year um the unbearable weight of massive talent I almost called it extremely loud and incredibly close which is a very different movie but also has a a unnecessarily long title but in the unbearable weight of massive talent uh Nicolas Cage playing himself he has a strained relationship with his daughter not played by his actual daughter but his fictional daughter because um and this is like a real plot point in the movie she just wants to watch Paddington too, but he's pretentious and he only wants to show her the cabinet of Dr. Caligari and she has a panic attack because he doesn't want to watch Paddington. I've never seen Paddington, but have you seen uh, Paddington too? I have not seen Paddington too. People, uh, they say that like Paddington is really good, but Paddington too is like even better. Oh, it's like the Sing franchise. Allegedly, I haven't seen the Sing franchise. Anyway, point is people who love Paddington really like Paddington, but yeah, you know, I um I, I think of course there were, you know, a few weird choices in this movie. There were some things where I was like, oh, that's that's weird. That was quirky. But but there yeah, like I think there there was some there was some heart going in. There there were some attempts. Um but there were some landings. Um so yeah, I think I think uh Wonka here, you know, it's it's a it's a pretty nice morsel of chocolate. Um, to describe a little bit about 
the plot of Wonka. We, you know, we've kind of said it's like this prequel. It's um, Willy Wonka, William middle initial Wonka emerges from a um, seven year seafaring voyage. Yes, he's, uh, he's sort of like Batman in that way. His origin story involves traveling around the world for seven years and uh, learning a variety of skills. Yes, and then he comes, he lands in um, Town City, is it London? It's London, but then also uh, whenever Keegan-Michael Key is on screen, it's like New Jersey for some reason. Okay. New New Jundin, um, New Jundsey, New Lundsey, I don't know. Um, he goes into a city and he's like, I'm gonna make chocolate, but actually, he can't because the chocolate cartel and also the people keeping his lodgings are like put put him into slavery and so many quirky things happen and yeah and it, it Wonka's got to persevere um, with the help of his plucky young friend Noodle. Noodle, a new character in the Wonka extended universe, I believe, and you can fact check me on this because you're you're more of a fan of the. Uh, sort of source material than I am, but Noodle does not appear in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. No, I, no, not not no. to my knowledge. What do you think happens to Noodle between the events of this movie and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Uh, well, um, I guess, you know, big spoiler off the bat, you know, we find Noodle's mom, Nor Orphan Noodle, her mom uh, is a librarian. So maybe she just becomes super smart because she reads a lot of books. One quirky detail I thought about this movie was Willy Wonka, famously illiterate. I guess so. That's true. There's a whole song in, well, not a whole song, but there's a part of a song uh, about teaching Willy Wonka how to read. Yeah, and um, there's some really funny bits with it. Like, he needs draft's milk for a specific chocolate, like most expert chocolatiers do. And he goes up to a tiger cage and it's like oh look a giraffe and he almost dies but it, it's not a giraffe it's a tiger but he, how does he know he couldn't he's, read he's illiterate what's wrong with you uh most of his studies were centered around chocolate mm -hmm. and everything else he depends on the kindness of strangers yeah the kind yes the kindness of strangers and you know wonka kind of learns that strangers aren't always the kindest it's true one unkind stranger in this movie, uh, Mrs. Scrubbit. Mrs. Scrubbit. The, the, yes, the evil landlady played by uh, Academy Award winner Olivia Coleman. Uh, Carlin, what did, you, what did you think of Olivia Coleman's performance in this movie and her character? Well, 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 I think she got well, she crumbs. Uh, man, I, you know, I could uh, uh, talk about the accents for uh, quite a lot. But, you know, she, you know, based on the trailers, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm famous for... Uh, if I'm if I'm anything but a chocolate lover, I'm a movie misinterpreter based on the trailer. Um, that's a that's on my resume. That's true. Um, but I was like, oh, this is probably one of the people that helps Wonka do his thing or whatever. And you know, that's a teaser trailer, you know, whatever. But guys, Olivia Coleman does not help uh, Willy Wonka. She, along with the help of um, her husband, not husband, kind of have a fling person. He, uh, they, they, uh, Olivia Coleman, kind of like sells him into slavery or not sells him like she she's like okay uh you're in my debt and she does this because she has a very long extended contract comically long and extended contract with comically small fine print that uh willy wonka comically cannot read um 
and that's kind of how they like. Um... So it's uh, sort of what sets the whole plot in motion. Did you have any performances in this movie that really stuck out to you, or that you really liked? Anything like that? Well, okay. So th- this is this is why I bring up the uh, the Olivia Coleman character. Mm-hmm. I love Olivia Coleman. Olivia yeah. Coleman is one of our national treasures. She's oh, an international yeah, treasure. Yeah. She's, she's I guess she's not our national treasure. She's not American, but um, I think she's a great actress. I think she gives like one of the great Oscar winning performances in The Favorite and one of the great Oscar winner speeches for The Favorite. Um. Her whole, like, character did not work at all for me in this yeah. movie. And as I'm saying this, like, I know it's really silly to be, like, sitting here talking about Wonka and being like, yeah, this character just didn't work for me. But, like, whatever. That's the bit. That's what we're doing here. Because mm-hmm. they set it up and they're like, oh, no, Wonka is, like, uh, sold into slavery and he has to work in Olivia Coleman's like, uh, like, washroom or whatever, washing laundry for 30 years. And then... And, and and if they try and sneak out, the cops will send them right back. And then 10 minutes later, they just figure out a way to sneak out. Yeah. And it's not really a problem mm. for the rest of the movie. But then he still lives there. But then he's sneaking out during the day to sell chocolate. And everyone's like, oh, my God, it's Willy Wonka. Mm-hmm. He's selling chocolate. And somehow this, like, never makes its way back to her. Like, mm-hmm. she never finds out that this he's sneak. I don't know. It. It just sort of felt like a like a hat on a hat. Like it was kind of an unnecessary plot thread. And I sort of but I was sitting there and I was thinking, like, okay, well, you know, like this character isn't really working. It's like a little bit over the top, um, in like not a productive way necessarily. But, you know, whatever. She was just being a good friend. She was doing the movie, uh, you know, as a as a favor for Paul King, because, you know, she was in one of the Paddington movies. And then I looked it up later. She was not in one of the Paddington movies, so I don't, I don't, I don't know why she decided to do this. Then she's going to be in the next Paddington movie, which I guess speaks to um, her experience on this movie. She had such a great time working on Wonka that she's she's signed up for Paddington in Peru. But I just I felt like it was sort of a uh, uh, misuse of her talents, perhaps. Yeah, it's really. Uh, um... It's a big stone in the in the middle lane that you realize you can just drive around. It's a good uh, it's a good metaphor. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Wonka seems to really um, just kind of jump over the trappings of society. Um, one thing being, he just has his own means of production just anywhere. He's like making all this chocolate, and my big question is, how the hell is he getting all that chocolate? Uh, magic. He's also a magician. They- talk about this in the movie you see they do talk about it in the movie but this this is at first i was like seven times it's a little silly to watch this movie seven times this is why we need to watch it seven times you need to you need to pay more attention uh you know that's fair that's fair but magic i don't know i was also you know I, you know we start the movie man's coming back from a seven year long seafaring journey right and i was like oh this guy has money Where's that backstory? But uh, you have a flashback sequence with him and his mom, and he mentioned how his mom didn't have a lot of money. So actually, Wonka didn't come from money, but he did get a lot of it. Because he pulled himself up by his bootstraps. Yeah, his bootstraps. Um, So yeah, Wonka, with a little bit of um, magic, I guess, that's air-quoted, um, yeah, not buying that Wonka, you know, his good looks and charm and yeah, secret wealth. He's able to create this like chocolate empire. 
Wonka here was really able to just kind of go around all the, any kind of stakes he had. You know, it's like, we're going to ban you from selling chocolate. And then, like, he, he just starts doing it secretly. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I think, like, uh, you know, moment to moment, this movie is, is mostly, like, pretty enjoyable. Certainly more oh, so yeah. than you think from watching the trailers. I think, actually, um, by trying to disguise the fact that it was a musical, the trailers kind of, like, played up some of the more, like, self-serious parts of the movie. Like, he's, you know, he's he's reminiscing on his mother's tragic demise or whatever, and you see him, like, like here we go, Mama, in the trailer. It's like, what is this, Elvis? Like, come on. But, um, but by doing that, by trying to disguise the fact that it's a musical, it kind of makes it seem like it's like taking itself very seriously. Sort of this like, um, you know, overly reverent like legacy sequel kind of thing. Like with these like new Ghostbuster sequels, where they're like somberly, you know, you know, standing around talking about how the ghosts are turning people into ice or whatever. It's like, come on, like this. What are we doing here? But anyway. It's neither here nor there. Uh, what is here is that um, the movie is like j- actually pretty light and entertaining for the most oh, part. Yeah. It doesn't really take itself that seriously. It's pretty fun. But then you start to like think about the, the larger plot of it, and it sort of not falls apart a little bit because, again, like it's Wonka. Whatever. Yeah. Who cares? Like It's not. You know, like, um, like the substance of this movie. This movie is straight up candy. A good theme park, one might say. Ah ha ha. Um, no, but uh, yes, I know. I, I, you know, I was getting a little piggy with oh, there's magic and whatever. And even though I think I, I think I have some fair questions about you know where where is Wonka exactly getting all of his uh, wealth and income? This is a kids movie. <laughs> kids movie. Um, and who am I to pick apart you know the the details of the world and how the logic works? No, no. This Eric is extremely right. This is this is pretty enjoyable, actually. I think there's a lot of like good ideas in there that I think you know are beneficial for like young children. Um, it looks pretty. I'm gonna you want to yes. talk you want to talk about how it looks. I I'm a I like costumes and things, and I thought there were a lot of great costumes. Like there's a scene where like Wonka opens up his like candy factory, and um like all of his his six fun buddies um. They're just like they're not wearing their rags anymore. Like these are the guys he was uh, in the in the slave barracks with. Um, they just have these cute like pink and red striped uniforms now. Yeah, no, the costumes I think uh, were genuinely like a high point of the movie. I was like looking at uh, Willy Wonka's hat a few times, just I, I, especially like on the close-ups. I found myself like looking at it. It's just like it's a small thing, but it's you know it's. Uh, Clearly, the idea was, like, we want him to wear a hat that looks like it's made out of chocolate. Just really quickly about Willy Wonka's hat. Uh, Willy Wonka's hat in this is like Mary Poppins' bag in that he pulls stuff out of it and just... It's just an infinite, like, space in there. And I don't know if that's in Willy Wonka lore. I feel like it is. When you you played Willy Wonka, could you also pull, like, an infinite amount of stuff out of your hat? No, no, this was not a mechanic we did. They didn't have that in the budget in no, the uh, Holy no. Spirit middle school no, no. production of Willy Wonka. No, they didn't. They did not. I actually got a question for you uh, yes. specifically about the production design. And uh, as someone who doesn't like chocolate, I mean, for me watching this movie, I was kind of getting a little hungry. I'm like, oh, I want some chocolate. I need, 
I'm, I'm hungry. Uh, you, as someone who like isn't a big fan of chocolate, were you kind of going like, oh, or what? Were, queasy. What were your feelings? Uh, I had no reaction whatsoever mm. because I had eaten dinner before seeing the movie. That, that is smart. So hunger was not really entering into my mind one way or the other. Um, and also, a lot of the chocolate in this movie doesn't really look like chocolate. Like, there's a scene where uh, Noodle, Willie's uh, beloved sidekick, um, is she's she's telling Willie that she's never had chocolate before, and he's like, "You've never had chocolate before?" And then he makes her some chocolate, but it's like it's chocolate made from bottled thunderclouds and sunshine in Nepal or whatever. And and then he gives her the chocolate, and it's like shaped like a cloud. With a thunderbolt, and it's like that's not chocolate. No. Like you're tell you're you're giving that to someone who's never had chocolate before. That would be like if someone said that um, they'd never had pizza before, and you're like, okay, uh, here's like a pizza crust that we just put tires on, Ooh. like car tires. Oh, it's like man. that's, that's not that would not be representative of the average pizza. Wait, Eric, let me. You know, speaking of that, um, and this might be me just kind of misinterpreting the scene, but yeah, he's like, oh, what? You've never had chocolate? What? Let me make you some chocolate. And she like has this stew, like that it's their slave slop that the, 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 that they're <laughs> yeah that they're given in the barracks, and he like throws it into his wash bin, which I think earlier is saying like the wash basin is also your toilet, which is gross. So she like y- yes, that is correct. That is correct. Yes. So like she throw he throws the soup the soup slop into the wash basin slash toilet. And I might have just got this wrong. He pulls out his mini chocolate factory means of production chocolate maker. Um, But I was like, is he using like that as the basis for his chocolate? Like that's the basis of the the chocolate fuel, this gross sludge, um, sludge water. Did you think about this? Brother, I have no idea what you were talking about. Really? Okay, well, um, maybe... <laughs> this is why we got to see it seven times. This is. We got to look at these details. Anyway, that's the thing we can earmark and go back to. But um, I'm, 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 I'm happy you weren't so disgusted by all the chocolate. Um, I do. There is a thing where, like, you know, he, he has his big chocolate factory. And um, it looks like every, like, thing's made of chocolate. Like, there's a big giant tree and there's plants and whatever. And... You know, this might be a thing of the original Willy Wonka, but I'm like, they're getting their shoes on that. Um, are they gonna eat that? That's kinda that's that's gonna get dirty. No one wants dirty chocolate. Uh right, but if the shoes are also made out of chocolate, then I, I think it should be okay. Because oh, that's okay. just chocolate on chocolate. Sure. I don't I don't know that the shoes are made out of chocolate, but like his hat's made out of chocolate. Yeah, so yeah. it stands the reason okay, that okay. his shoes might be as well. Um there's actually another uh semi-climactic part where um (laughs) the chocolate cartel tries to drown willy and noodle in um in chocolate which um there's a lot of things i have to talk about that scene specifically but the chocolate we we got six more days brother you can save some of it for Uh, that oh oh exactly exactly but but i'm just talking about this now um this is like the the chocolate cartel are so powerful because they've taken all the chocolate in the town i guess and they they bribe people with chocolate and it's like ooh i get to have chocolate cuz i did a deed for the cartel but they're like okay let's put 
two human bodies in here and like i don't know if they have a refinery process or whatever but that's tainted chocolate man i don't i don't know why they're risking their whole supply because they keep it in a big vat under the city did you think about this yeah i did have some notes about this like when the when the uh, evil backstory is revealed um when when willy wonka's accountant friend abacus crunch some great names in this movie oh yeah um but abacus crunch reveals uh, the evil secret behind the chocolate cartel, which is just that they keep a really large vat of chocolate in a well, in a vat uh, beneath the city that they use to bribe people. Um, okay, like I, I don't know, I don't really know what to do with that. What if you're bribing someone who doesn't like chocolate? What if you're bribing someone who's allergic to chocolate? Well, you know, you know, Eric. Um. Uh, human behavior clearly states that um, you really want what you cannot have, right? And if you can't have chocolate, if it's it like, um, let's go back to pizza. We were talking about pizza earlier. Can you tell I'm hungry? Um, if you decide to take, you're the pizza cartel, you take all the pizza and it probably wouldn't work in a vat. You'd probably have to have like shelving or something. I don't know. But even if you're not a big fan of pizza, you hear that the pizza's gone, you're going to be like, I wish we had some pizza. That's, that's a good point. You make a good point. I, I do think that perhaps they realized that um, bribery as sort of like the main crime of their villains is not like a super enticing thing. You know, you're not going to have the audience be like, oh, those bastards, they're bribing people. So then like at the near the end of the movie, they just kind of throw in like, oh, yeah, also this guy threw a baby down a well. At one point, you know, like they, they realize they're like, you know what? Maybe we didn't make them evil enough. Like bribery is sort of like just kind of like standard issue white collar crime. Course, you know, we course. need something a little more like Wonka fied. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, like I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they hired some hitman or, you know, they, they extorted some people or, you know, chocolate laundering. Wouldn't that be funny? Chocolate laundering. There, there There's a lot. You know, uh, uh, I had to do some chocolate laundering myself once, uh, my freshman year of college, when oh, no. uh, some, some of the guys from my hallway were hanging out in my dorm room, and they got really high, and they were eating chocolate in my bed, in my bed. What? Well, I wasn't even in the room. My roommate just invited them over. I come back into my room. There's a guy sitting in my bed getting chocolate all over oh, my sheets. No. I got I to gotta oh. do some chocolate laundering. I got to get the chocolate out. That's he got it on the mattress too. Like That's... I take off the sheets oh. that are covered in chocolate to go throw them in the wash. Guess what? There's more chocolate on the mattress. Oh my god! The... I can't throw my mattress in the washing machine. The university is gonna fine you for that. You can't get that chocolate back. No. Well, it was four years ago, so oh, they haven't they haven't come after me for it yet. But it was it was good. Um. What the fuck were we talking about? Um, I mean, Wonka, obviously. Yeah. Oh, but... We were talking about the chocolate cartel and their antics. Yes, that's right. I will say, chocolate cartel, speaking of the chocolate cartel, you asked me earlier, like five riffs ago, yeah. um, if there were some performances I enjoyed in the movie. I really enjoyed the performance of Patterson Joseph, who played the main chocolate cartel baddie, Arthur Slugworth. And I do believe Arthur Slugworth is a character from the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Mm. Um, so not not a new creation for this movie, but Patterson Joseph does put his own unique spin on the character. I first saw him in the TV show Neverwhere when I was in middle school. Oh, yeah. It's an adaptation of the Neil Gaiman book. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and he plays a character named the Marquis, sort of this very brash, ostentatious kind of comic relief character. You know, I was like, this guy, this is a guy to take note of. Mm -hmm. I've seen him in a couple other things throughout mm -hmm. the years. He's on Doctor Who. He's on some other oh, British yes. TV shows. Um, the Crown? Maybe. I don't know. Don't watch it. There's ghosts now. None of my business. Sorry. My... <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> yeah, the, the ghost of Diana shows up on the crowd and she... She shows up at the queen's bedside and says, you taught us all how to be British. Um, I, bl I, I, I give that credit to my um, uh, high school theater acting coach uh, who told me, she taught me how to be British. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, sorry, I, I, I haven't seen The Crown. It's just a litmus test. Like, most British actors are on The Crown, right? Ha <laughs> ha. It's true. It's true. Many of them are, uh, and some some Americans even like when they like for um like when JFK shows up, they oh, got an American course, to do that. Um, that's that's appropriate. Yes. Yes. Um. um but so no, what I was gonna say was I I thought that he gave a very good villain performance yeah. in this movie, and I think um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of big names in this movie. Obviously, we got uh Timmy Tim. Yeah, Timmy we Tim. got Keegan Michael Key as the oh, chief God. of police. Rowan Atkinson, Hugh Grant, Olivia Coleman, like a lot of. Uh, Sally Hawkins plays Willy Wonka's oh, mom. Yeah. She's also very good in her oh, small yes. part, I she thought. Um, very touching. Um, but, you know, Patterson Joseph, not like a huge name unless you're like a fan of British TV. But I thought that he kind of like stole the movie. I think it was like a very good classic scenery chewing villain performance, almost in like a Bond villain kind of way, especially with the way that they have him styled. Bowler hat and he's wearing these very colorful suits. He's got he's got an evil lair. He's yes. got evil goons. Yes. He's got an evil staff. He, he has an evil lair, and he has an evil lair to his personality. Oh, yes, uh, sort of some some wordplay for you there. Um, but yeah, no, I just thought he was really fun. I thought he was the person who kind of had the tone of the movie figured out the best, and so I, I suppose well done to Paul King for casting someone maybe not as well known. Um, instead of, you know, being like, oh, I need to get like a big high profile uh, celebrity to play the bad guy. Speaking of actors finding the right tone, this sort of brings us to the central question. Uh, you know what question I'm going to ask? Oh, you're going to ask me about Timmy Tim's, aren't you? Is Timmy Tim good in this movie? Um, you know, you know how like an, a gingerbread house is held together by icing? Um, he's like that, except it's like not stably like put together it's like you like have a weird like shanty town gingerbread house but it still tastes good and it looks like it has some heart and effort put into it you think that's an okay enough metaphor you know it's funny you say that that is exactly word for word how i was going to describe wow. it yeah oh, really that is that exact word choice um no i think it's i think it's apt i think Again, sort of going back to how the trailers mismarketed the movie kind of made his, like, for lack of a better way of putting it, his lack of whimsy stand out more. And that was something that people were talking about a lot. Like, you know, I mean, we, we, we riffed on it at the beginning of this, the whole, um, you know, scratch that, reverse it bit. Um, he just doesn't have the right energy for it. Like, it sounds like he's kind of like doing a bit or saying it ironically but and and that, that problem is still there in the movie like i think in the parts where he's supposed to be like the whimsical goofy guy he never really gets all the way there but i was surprised by how well he was able to play the earnest 
stuff not because i wasn't surprised because i think that he's a bad actor i think i actually the opposite i've been a long time believer that that timothy chalamet is uh, maybe the most talented actor of his generation i bought a lot of timmy tim stock um uh, it, it has been said that i have said you know if you were gonna bet money on any two guys in hollywood right now for me it would be adam driver and timothy chalamet uh, Adam Driver's not in this movie, but Timothy Chalamet is. Unfortunate. Uh, no, it would be cool if... A Imagine if Adam Driver played the Oompa Loompa. Whoa, that's <laughs> that would have been one tall Oompa Loompa. He might, he might have enjoyed doing it. Yeah. Um, what am I saying? What am I Timothy saying? Chalamet, Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. Betting on in the Timothy Chalamet market. Um, a lot of the movies that uh, I really like with him, he, he's never really called upon to sort of play this like straight-laced kind of gee whiz sort of character you know usually he has kind of more of a bite to him he has his characters have more of a cynical way of looking at the world like you know lady bird he's talking about like the american empire and the government lying to us and bones and all you know he has this very cynical outlook on the world because of you know the, the, the way that uh, his life is shaped by being a cannibal or whatever um but in the opening of this movie when he's like you know coming into not london you know whatever it is and he sort of has this like wide-eyed look and he's excited to be taken on the bright big city like he he is very endearing in those parts of the movie and he does very well in the musical numbers like i never really seen him do much singing in any other movies but he he does well with those parts it's just the parts where he's supposed to be funny mm -hmm. that it doesn't entirely work i don't know who would have done better i was thinking about this during the movie like it and this is a problem with explicitly making it a prequel to the Gene Wilder. I would have done better. Yes, obviously, obviously Carlin would have done better. But that's but, not the point. But because they have said like, "Oh, this is a prequel to the Gene Wilder movie," you're thinking of it in those terms of like that Gene Wilder mm. performance, just this sort of you know go for broke manic comic energy. And he doesn't have that, which doesn't mean it's a bad performance. It just means it's a different performance. But I don't really know who would have done good under those conditions like i don't know it was two hours long all i could think was like jake gyllenhaal maybe nah. but he's too old for it and even then like i don't know like he would have kind of been a little too scary oh my gosh what about lucas hedges that would be funny we haven't seen him in a while but um i think that you any any thoughts on lucas hedges uh, Walker? Yes, timothy chalamet is tethered uh lucas hedges no i love lucas hedges i think he's a great actor i think that he actually um yeah i think he actually could have been good it's been a hot minute since he's been in the movie. it's been like three years yeah. since he's been in the movie Miss um, him. but yeah i th i think so yeah i think i think that he, you know they should um they should do like another version of Wonka where it's the exact same oh, yes. movie, but they just put Lucas Hedges in the main they role. They need we to just do that it. more with actors. Yeah, just do two ver two versions of oh, the yeah, same exactly movie. Exactly the yeah. same. Just here, let me um, say a little thing about uh, Timmy, Willie, William. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I think this this gives a nice goofiness in the Chalamet repertoire. Um, yeah, like. Yeah, there, you're right, Eric. There were some things he really, tr the, the goofs were tried and they kind of fell flat. But I don't know. I think that was kind of funny. Like, you know, when he screams, when he finds out Noodles never had chocolate. I thought that was so stupid. Something I didn't love was 
his singing. And, you know, maybe that was me just not... I, I did like some... I, I didn't hate his singing. It just sounded like... God, a little too Glee for me. Um, sorry, I, I've never really watched Glee. If you guys like Glee, I'm really sorry. Um, I, I don't want to hate. Like I said, I, I, I don't like dunking on things, but here I am. Um, but, like, and I, I think it's just... It, it wasn't like it like the it be, be you know it like you can see it's it's very obvious that like okay they recorded this and they're dubbing it in and that's just how they make things i guess um but i don't know it, it just seems a little false and flat and i don't love it um and in his voice just i felt really like emphasize that and i wasn't the biggest fan do you have any like opinions on his singing or just the scene in general i, I don't really like have I don't know enough about music to like, you know, sure, come sure. up with the the correct way to say this, but there's like a disconnect between this version of the character and like the Willy Wonka yeah, yeah. that that we know and love from oh, yeah. you know the Gene Wilder movie or whatever. Um, I think like Glee is like an apt way of putting it because it feels very <laughs> like slick and polished and and. You know, like, I don't know, it's like he doesn't, he, he just seems like a, 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 a nice young boy who's singing about, you know, his chocolate factory and not like a fucking crazy weirdo who brings five kids to his factory to <laughs> yeah. compete for, you know, like, it's just, it it's weird because on the one hand, as, I mean, I know it's a prequel, but I'm going to say like legacy sequel because that's sort of this whole movement like in the past 5, 10, 15 years, whatever, of like making these belated sequels or additional installments to beloved movies. Out of all of those movies, I think this is honestly one of the more successful ones as a movie because it's it's very well directed. I think Paul King has like a very fun, playful sort of style. Like a lot of these these shots where you're like looking at people through um, like the peephole in a door and there's kind of a sense of menace to it. There's some Dutch angles, whatever. He's having fun oh, with it. Boy. Production design, costumes, everything. There's a there's a um, level of fun to the craft that you don't often see in these sorts of things. Like especially these like um, live action Disney remakes where they're just like I don't know, fuck it. Like let's set up eight cameras and we'll just like cut it up in post. So as a movie, it is far more successful than a lot of these other legacy installments that don't really seem to have a reason to exist other than like continuing the IP. But the one area where it doesn't really work, I mean, other than like, you know, the, the plot is kind of wonky and, you know, some of the jokes don't work, whatever. But the main thing that doesn't work about it is that it just doesn't really feel like it's a movie about the character that it's supposed to be a movie about like it just not not to get too stuck on this especially because it's not like i even have that much of an affinity for the original movie anyway but it just doesn't i just don't see how this guy becomes that wonka yeah which and i don't know if that comes down to the performance or the writing where it's sort of like we need to put this sort of like um standard coming of age story template onto a character that that template is maybe not built for um, I don't know where exactly that failing comes from, or maybe it's a combination of things, but it's a fun, well-made movie that ultimately doesn't work in the one way that it needs to, like, justify its existence, oh, I guess. Oh, God. No, that, 
Sorry, yeah. <laughs> oh, poor, poor Wonka. Which no. Sounds harsher than I mean it to, but. No, no, that's okay. But that, that that's that's a good way to put it. Um, Eric, um, I gotta ask you, um, what sort of things are you looking forward to, or you're gonna really look out for, in your upcoming viewings of Wonka? Um, figuring out the best spot to take a bathroom break. Ooh. Yeah, which I mean, for me, like could be any time because i've already seen the movie now so it's not like i'm you know i'm gonna miss anything that i haven't already seen but for the viewers at home you know this is something that that people often wonder about when they're going to a movie it's like what if i need to use the bathroom during the movie and this isn't a particularly long movie it comes in at a at a respectable 117 minutes but you never know i mean it's a movie about food so maybe you're hungry Mm -hmm. you go in you get some popcorn you get an icy whatever maybe you overdo it um, and you need to pee, and you're going to be wondering, like, oh, gosh, what if I accidentally miss a really important scene? What if I leave uh, right now, and then I come back, and I've missed the entirety of the Oompa Loompa's first appearance? You know, you don't want that to happen. Oh, no. Um, so I, um, in, in this upcoming viewing, I will be looking for the least important moments yes. in the movie <laughs> so that I can tell you, the audience, when it's okay for you to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I think if we have to do anything with this podcast is we have to establish the best time to pee. Um, or, you know, you... Or poo. <laughs> that too. Whatever you want to do. Or um, if you see all this lovely, lovely chocolate and you're like, man, I'm going to go up to the concession stand and be like, uh, one big box of gobstoppers, please. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, uh, I guess, going to look up at, like, the magic or whatever, you know, because I guess I missed that part. But, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to see through this ruse of Willie. Um, and, yeah, I'm going to, I think, um, looking at uh, your, what you've told me, Eric, about, you know, you don't see this Wonka, how that Wonka becomes Gene Wilder or Johnny Depp. Um, I want to look at this character and see, yeah, what is he doing and you know how is what's his arc what's, what's his, his motivation yeah how do he get there is what are his, uh like fucking what is it the 10 viewpoints what are his viewpoints his uh ooh, what's the stanislavski word um mo- you already said motivation um yeah it's motivation um anyway um but yeah with that i think um we're gonna get ready to continue our week with wonka Yay! <laughs> Yay, chocolate! Uh, my week with Wonka is uh, recorded and produced by um, Eric and Carl. Thank you so much for listening. Chocolate! Willy Wonka. What? <laughs>